Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a man with a big clack to explain logical <laughs> fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is playing the victim. Yeah. I should probably explain what a big clack is. We've encountered that in Mary Trump's book. We did. Yeah. Yes. And I, I yes, thought yes. it's such a great word and so appropriate yeah. for Trump. Because yeah. it means either a group of sycophantic followers or a group yep. of people hired to applaud a public speaker. Perfect. Which is extremely exactly. topical and also appropriate yes. for Trump. So, yes, that he, that is, he has a big one of those. And a kind of an opposite of clique, I guess. In a way, yeah, I guess a clique is a small group, isn't it? Yeah. Of people who like each other for some specific reason. Yeah. Whereas these are just people who blindly follow. Yes, and they like him for money. For money, preferably, paid yes. to show that they, they do. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> no other reason. Yeah. The uh, playing the victim fallacy. This yeah. is, I mean, it's a little bit surprising that it's taken us this long to get around to this one. Well, because yeah. Yeah. this isn't really a fallacy for Trump. This is his entire personality. Yes. He has been playing the victim basically all his life. Yeah. I read quite an interesting psychological analysis of this mm. concept as basically some people and i think trump would probably fall into this category yeah do this because they feel where they would normally feel guilty for being horrible people or doing bad things right by employing this strategy of, of framing yourself as the victim of everything yeah you're taking that guilt away by by essentially nothing is your fault everything is happening right. to you yeah and you're the one who people should feel sorry for. Yeah. So therefore, you get to continue being awful to other people yeah. without any of that pesky shame that normal people feel. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody else is guilty of persecuting yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can you can be justifiably pissed off with everybody because they're persecuting you and not taking the blame. Yeah. So where it's well, used as a fallacy yeah. is yeah. a kind of red herring. It's a distraction fallacy, a deflection. Right. So it's when someone is accusing you of something or asking you questions about something and what you do instead is express how victimised you are being by simply being asked those questions or accused of a thing yeah. and how unfair that is and it shouldn't happen. Uh, and and by doing that, get to avoid actually addressing the issue at all. Because you, you could just point out how hard you've been done by yeah, yeah. rather than yeah answering any question such as for example during the 2016 campaign for president when right. multiple women came forward and accused trump of sexual assault of various stripes yeah i think it was 18 women at one point during that that campaign so yeah. obviously he went straight to being a victim instead of being mm-hmm. someone who needs to answer to any of those claims as you have seen i am a victim of one of the great political smear campaigns in the history of our country. They are coming after me to try and destroy what is considered by even them the greatest movement in the history of our country. There's never been anything like this. 
Bill O'Reilly and others have said it's the single greatest political phenomena in his lifetime, and others have said the same thing. The political establishment is trying to stop us because they know we are a threat to their totally corrupt controls. True. Yeah, so this comes with that kind of persecution complex of this this is why they're doing it is they're they're right, coming after yeah. me because i'm on i'm on the right side and they yeah, want to yeah. stop me because they know that i'll do something to them you know i'll, I'll make things yeah. harder for them or i'll send them to jail or whatever so they have to they have to come after me this is inevitable and <laughs> yeah of course yeah. they'll attack me and say bad things about me it's not because i did the bad things yeah, no, it's because there's more afoot, yeah. something else afoot. It's because I am party to something that will put them in a bad light. Absolutely. When he says this is the greatest political movement in his lifetime, does he not remember Martin Luther King? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. First of all, he almost certainly didn't say that. Secondly, it's Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. yeah. And I seriously doubt other people said it about Bill O'Reilly's lifetime. That'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if, like, someone on CNN went, you know, this is the biggest political movement in Bill O'Reilly's lifetime. That'd be yeah. super okay. strange thing it's to say. Like, it's, the thing, it's the thing, it's the length of period of time that you measure, everybody measures it by. Yeah, yeah how long it's is like that? A how long ago? Yeah. Like, how yeah. long ago were dinosaurs of several Bill tens of millions yeah, yeah. of Bill O'Reilly's <laughs> ago? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those yeah. standard measures. Of course, he's continued with this throughout. Mm-hmm. I mean, throughout his life, really, but especially yeah. throughout the last four... Uh, what is it? How long is it? Since 2016? Last seven years now. And yeah. when he was indicted for the second time... I mean, he's done it every single time and many, many yeah. times. But this this example comes from just after his second indictment when he, he claimed that, it, again, it's not the crimes that he did yeah. that are the reason he's being indicted. The ridiculous and baseless indictment of me by the Biden administration's weaponized Department of Injustice will go down as among the most horrific abuses of power in the history of our country. Many people have said that. Democrats have even said it. This vicious persecution is a travesty of justice. You're watching Joe Biden. Joe, I think of it. Biden is trying to jail his leading political opponent, an opponent that's beating him by a lot in the polls, just like they do in Stalinist Russia or communist China. No difference. Like like they do in Stalinist Russia. Just like they still do in Stalinist Russia, yeah. And and, and in the the history of, of, yeah, people will remember this, and even Democrats are talking about it. None, none of the above is no. true. <laughs> and he even calls him Joe Bryden. Joe Bryden, Who's and then it? has to take it off on a tangent. Every uh, time he does uh, that. Yeah, it's because he can't be wrong. He can't be wrong. No, it's, it's not him being wrong. Yeah. <laughs> He's a victim of teleprompters yeah. messing up and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, because they know <laughs> if they just let me say what I wanted to say, yeah, yeah. whole amounts of truths would be revealed. <laughs> Speaking of truth, yeah. here's a statement from Truth Social. Right. From this week, because he's still oh, doing it, obviously. Be. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, and we're going to talk more about the thing that led to this later on. Yeah. Because this is his reaction to the partial summary judgment from a judge in New York. Yeah. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's very long, but I will read yeah. the first couple of sentences. He said, and this is the first sentence pretty long. He says... 
the widespread radical attack against me, my family and my supporters has now devolved to new un-American depths at the hands of a deranged New York State judge doing the bidding of a completely biased and corrupt prosecutor, Letitia James, who ran for office based on a Get Trump platform before even knowing anything about me. That's the first sentence. Yeah, yeah. Today's action is a refutation of my status as leading candidate for president of the United States, including with a substantial lead over Joe Biden. It is a terrible reminder that radical left Democrats will stop at nothing in trying to prevent me and the American people from winning the 2024 presidential election. Yeah, nothing to do with the crimes that he's been found guilty no, of no, it's not, over it's a not great because deal of, of time. multiple instances of fraud. Yeah. No. Which, which have nothing to do with his presidency. Yeah. But all to do with his basic corrupt money handling practices, <laughs> which we've known he and his dad have been doing since forever. Absolutely. And finally it's caught up with him. But of course he's saying, Nope, I've nothing to do with all those all the criming I've done. This is just they're just trying to prevent me from standing for president. I will stop at nothing. Yeah. To prevent me and the American people. Don't count me in this. <laughs> like he said the other day, didn't he? I was indicted for you. Oh, yeah, he does that all the time. Wait a minute. You're spreading the crime, the this notion of criminality <laughs> around the whole country. I mean, he ends this this long statement by saying, if they can do this to me, they can do it to you. Which is technically true if those people committed yeah. massive fraud. Yeah, they would indeed do that to you. Yeah. But if you didn't do that, then they wouldn't be able to do that to you because... That's not how the law works. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. what this does, basically, is it avoids addressing the content of the claims that people are making against him. Yeah. But it goes slightly further than just denying them. Yeah. Because if you just if people make credible claims against you and you just say, well, it's not true, yeah. then some people will go, well, why are they saying it then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why are they showing us all this evidence that it is true? Yeah. And so this, what this addresses is that part. Yeah, you have to head it off, yes. Yeah, they're doing it because they want to attack me because I'm, I'm actually great and they can't cope with how great I am. And yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them down. So they need to stop me. And, and so yeah. this is a persecution and presidential harassment or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it feeds that side of people's natural need to, to know kind of motivation behind stuff mm. without at all addressing the actual content of the claim. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner. So this is a, it's a common phenomenon in uh, UK politics as well. We've touched on one or two of the examples in passing uh, in talking about the cast of characters that are going to pop up. Yes, you know who Boris is going <laughs> to pop up. The first example is the obvious one, which he got kind of called out a lot about in 2021. The then Home Secretary Priti Patel described the Black Lives Matter demonstrations in the UK as thuggery. And in June 2022, Florence Eshalomi, who is the Labour MP for Vauxhall and is the Shadow Minister for Democracy of the United Kingdom, asked Patel about government action against racism and discrimination. Does the Home Secretary recognise that there's structural inequality, discrimination and racism in our country? Does the Home Secretary recognise that people want to see action from this government? Will the Home Secretary and this government act now? Black Lives Matter and we need to see the, this government doing something about that. Yeah. I'm really saddened that the Honourable Lady has effectively said that this government doesn't understand um, racial inequality. Well, on that basis, Madam Deputy Speaker, it must have been a very different Home Secretary who, as a child, was frequently called a packy in the playground. Yeah. 
a very different Home Secretary who was racially abused in the streets, or even advised to drop her surname and use her husband's in order to advance her career. A different Home Secretary recently characterised, if Madam Deputy Speaker I can say so, in the Guardian newspaper as a fat cow with a ring through its nose, something that was not only racist but offensive, both culturally and religiously. This is hardly an example of respect, equality, tolerance or fairness. So when it comes to racism, sexism, tolerance or social justice, I will not take lectures from the other side of the house. So what she's successfully done is employ the victim, playing the victim fallacy, also straw man, because <laughs> she says, you know, what you effectively said is, no, I, no. Said, I didn't say <laughs> that at all. I've said the system's at fault. And it is. It's structurally racist, even though they had a report that told, told themselves that they weren't institutionally racist, even though we know that they are. And the fact that she kind of escalates it up through, you know, this is my experience as a child on the end of racist abuse in the 70s and 80s, and then goes to, and then I was called something in The Guardian, so you can't lecture me from over there. So that all of that kind of conflates into... You want to talk about racism and, and discrimination. I'm not listening to lectures from you. And she's getting quite. This question comes from Florence <laughs> Eshalomi, who is from African heritage. Yeah. She's basically saying, How can I? Pretty Patel saying, I can't be racist because I'm a person of colour too. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, all the stuff she's saying just makes you think, well, if you've experienced all this stuff, mm. why aren't you more sympathetic to minorities? Exactly. It makes it worse. Yeah. Well, she and Suella Braverman uh, and Rishi Sunak are the Tory party's answer to diversity. Yeah. We once had that thing of uh, Matt Hancock saying, ah, but we've got <laughs> diversity of thought. Of thought. Yeah. And now they've got, you know, so the, the party was filled with white middle-class arseholes. Now it's filled with brown middle-class arseholes. And, and lots of white. Uh, don't play down the fact there's still plenty still of white, white middle-class middle arseholes there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this same year that she was Home Secretary, oversaw the introduction of the Nationality and Borders Bill, which seeks to criminalise anyone involving in helping asylum seekers enter Britain without permission, including the asylum seekers themselves. She oversaw deportation flights carrying a reported 14 Zimbabwean nationals back to their country of origin. An immigration court ruled in 2021 that Patel was responsible for failing to ensure the alarming death rates in refugee detention centres were investigated properly. And despite being warned by the Home Office coroner about it, she also was accused of deliberately deporting potential witnesses, all of whom were non-white. That her presence in one of the four great offices of state in the government or the racism she has faced shows that the UK is not structurally racist and the Conservative Party understands the inequality of discrimination is, at the very least, an intellectual hollowness devoid of any nuance and, at worst, sinister form of gaslighting. It's a bit like saying, as someone tweeted at the time, how can world hunger exist? When I ate breakfast this morning. Yeah, it's like Ben Shapiro's response to Barbie being, women don't have it so bad. Greta Gerwig directed this film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There were women in it. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. In yeah. fact, he did. He literally said that, apart from Ryan Gosling, almost all of them were women. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> so our second example, another belief from the... 
Tory party, Dominic Raab, resigned in April 2023, having been found guilty of bullying. Dominic Raab, is this a stitch-up? Look, I wouldn't describe it that way. I resigned from Cabinet today because I said I would if there was any adverse finding from this inquiry, and I'm true to my word, politicians should be. But I do think it sets a very dangerous precedent. Uh, if you look at the Tolly report, it dismissed almost all of the claims against me. And what you've got is the risk here, a very small uh, minority of very activist uh, civil servants, either because they're overly unionised or just don't agree with what we're trying to pursue. We've seen a bit of that with Brexit. We've seen it with human rights reform. Uh, on human rights reform, the, the specific quote was that I'd said the department was being obstructive. I don't think a lot of people would say whether I was right or wrong that that's bullying with the passive aggressive culture of the civil service who don't like some of the reforms, whether it's Brexit, whether it's parole reform, whether it's human rights reform, effectively trying to block government. That's not on. That's not democratic. Also, at the time, he mentioned he did say that the report, the Tolly report he mentioned, dangerously lowers the bar of what constitutes bullying. <laughs> So, you know, I, I want, I've got high-level bullying, which kind of like, didn't help his case, really. <laughs> so and he's, he appears to be hinting, as prefaced in the interviewer's question, is this a stitch-up? That is a stitch-up. He's been ousted over some jumped-up claims for some over-unionised activist coalition of civil servants who are aiming to dismantle Brexit. It's nothing to do with me. There were many cases brought, many of which were dropped, and the ones that weren't were because they were their over-unionised activist civil servants who want to dis who disagree with the things that we're putting in place. It's not how the civil service works. <laughs> and it's not how, if you're found guilty of bullying people, it isn't because they were in disagreement with you. It's because you bullied them. Despite the fact that you go, well, the bar for bullying is high enough. You know, so I wasn't. Yeah. I, wasn't I should be allowed to do much more. Much worse than that. <laughs> yeah. See, I wouldn't have called that bullying. But you know, whether you're right or wrong, I wouldn't have called it bullying. And didn't even push the, his head underwater. I did, no, no. <laughs> I only, you know, barely held him there for ten minutes. <sighs> Speaking of dismantling Brexit, of course, we couldn't not mention Boris who, having been found guilty of misleading Parliament, claims himself to be the victim of Partygate in his resignation letter in June 2023. We go like this. I've been an MP since 2001. I take my responsibilities seriously. I did not lie, and I believe that in their hearts the committee knows it. In retrospect, it was naive and trusting of me to think that these proceedings could be remotely useful or fair. <laughs> but I was determined to believe in the system and in justice and to vindicate what I knew to be the truth. Of course, it suits the Labour Party, the Liberal Democrats and the SNP to do whatever they can to remove me from Parliament. Sadly, as we saw in July last year, there are currently some Tory MPs who share that view. I am not alone in thinking that there is a witch hunt underway to take revenge for Brexit and ultimately to reverse the 2016 referendum result. My removal is the necessary first step, and I believe there has been a concerted attempt to bring it about. So apart from the fact that he did lie constantly and then wiggled the nuances of the meanings of words that were fag paper thin, was found guilty of doing the thing, you know, find, legally found, and then the greater crime of misleading Parliament. He, he did, he did, he did, <laughs> so he did. 
And and now he's saying, well, actually, yes, nothing to do with the crime. It's all to see my removals a necessary first step to dismantle Brexit, to revenge. Yeah, that's what Brexit. it's really all about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and he's not the only one that thought this. There are nine MPs named in the June Privileges Report entitled Matter Referred on 21st April 2022, Coordinated Campaign of Interference in the Work of the Privileged Committee. Those MPs are now under investigation for saying the same thing. Roses there, of course, with Out to Get Me featuring vocals from Axel to Five Full Rose. <laughs> so, in the fallacy in a while, we'd like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non political perspective. And the example that we're starting with this week is the reason that we're doing this one. As I said, could have done Trump examples anytime. Anytime <laughs> since 1974. Yeah. Is Russell Brand, who, yeah. if you haven't heard him he basically he's a he's a chimney sweep who says big words that's his thing <laughs> uh, but he also yeah is occasionally a bit of a sexual predator yeah and while some people say yeah this is a thing that was kind of well known or at least very strongly suspected mm-hmm. a dispatches and times i think investigation yeah. came up with several women who were prepared to talk on the record about things that he had done and more have come forward since and there's now a police investigation but of course when these allegations came out he put up a video defending himself kind of the thing about russell brand is although he was an actor and stand-up and tv presenter over the last few years he's been mostly a right-wing conspiracy theorist youtuber and his argument is that that's why he's now being accused of these things to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that i absolutely deny makes me question is there another agenda at play particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before, like with Joe Rogan, when he dared to take a medicine that the mainstream media didn't approve of. And we saw a spate of headlines from media outlets across the world using the same language. I'm aware that you guys have been saying in the comments for a while, watch out, Russell, they're coming for you. You're getting too close to the truth. Russell Brand did not kill himself. I know that a year ago there was a spate of articles. Russell Brand's a conspiracy theorist. Russell Brand's right wing. I'm aware of news media making phone calls, sending letters to people I know for ages and ages. It's been clear to me, or at least it feels to me, like there's a serious and concerted agenda to control these kind of spaces and these kind of voices. And I mean my voice along with your voice. So his argument, such as it is, is that the only reason that he is being targeted by mainstream media, which means several unconnected women who aren't 
in the media have come forward with stories about mm-hmm. attacks on them by him yep. is because he's getting too close to the truth about whatever yeah whatever similar conspiracy <laughs> about yeah, yeah. and yeah. He, and you can tell that because he's been, already been attacked uh, by people saying that he's a conspiracy theorist and right wing which he totally fucking is <laughs> yeah and that's <laughs> the, that's the thing that that the he used to be on the mainstream media. He couldn't be more mainstream yeah, yeah. than the mainstream. He was in fucking Hollywood in like three movies, married Katy Perry for a bit in order to be completely mainstream and <laughs> famous. And then he was on the TV with Big Brother and Christ knows what. And he had his own chat show in America. So he knows about mainstream media. He's fallen out of popularity, so has done stuff on his own. Did, did, we got sacked off the radio for being a sexual predator and uh, and then inhabited the media space, which isn't mainstream, except it is because it's YouTube and Twitter and Instagram, which is has a larger audience yeah. than certainly a larger audience in the UK than each of the TV. He has he channel, has certainly channels. he has a lot more subscribers on his YouTube channel than yep. some than most TV shows get viewers of. Yeah. So, yeah, arguably he's still very much mainstream. But and to say that, the, um, they're out to get me. You could tell they're out to get me, and they've been out to get me before because the mainstream media shares stories about, the, like, Joe Rogan. The Joe Rogan thing, mm. I did look into, and I, I've probably missed something. There probably <laughs> is something out there that when Joe Rogan said he had ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or whatever, that people all said the same thing about him and that was somehow suspicious according to them. I don't know. I wasn't able to find any evidence of that and I did wonder whether he might be conflating Mm. something that might have happened with a a thing that Joe Rogan talked about on his show back in 2017, I think 2018, when, I don't know if you remember a John Oliver episode where he talked about Mm. Sinclair Broadcasting, which is a huge media yep. conglomerate that owns lots of local news. Right. And they did a thing where they gave 200 or so local news stations a script to read as if they were saying it off top of the right. heads, essentially, about yep. how important, you know, integrity in news broadcasting was to them and so on. Mm-hmm. I think it was originally Deadspin put together a compilation of them and then John Oliver talked about it and the, he'd previously talked about Sinclair and the kind of dangerous pervasiveness of actually what you think, what viewers feel yeah. like is local news and like people that are in your community talking to you and giving you information, which is yeah. actually behind the scenes a huge media conglomerate. Joe Rogan, about two weeks after John Oliver had talked about it, he had that on his show and talked to Howie Mandel about it and so was playing these clips that all said exactly the same thing in the same words. Right. That sounds very similar to what Russell Brand was talking about. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just something that, you know, he's mixed up those memories or if I just wasn't able to find the thing that he's referring Mm. to. Mm. I'm not sure. Even though it's on mainstream media. Yeah. So he says... Either way, what he's talking about is essentially being... Yeah, he's being attacked... Like, to shut him up yeah, because he's too close to the truth. And people are scared of the things he has to say. And there have been claims, and they, to a certain extent, sound... They're not really conspiracy theories because it's just Mm. brand. It's not, like, lots of people involved in a kind of traditional conspiracy theory. But it is a slightly possibly far-fetched thing. But there have been suggestions that perhaps 
Russell Brand, knowing that these stories are out there and having seen the Me Too movement mm-hmm. growing up and things like that and, and expecting at some point to be targeted by these kinds of stories, yeah. has been moving more towards the, the more conspiratorial, more right-wing, more woo, incel space yeah so that when it does come out he can position himself in this way right to say yeah, oh yeah, look yeah. there are the, the mainstream media is attacking me yeah because he's in that group of people who are absolutely ready to believe that the establishment is attacking someone they listen to because he's saying the truth and they don't want the truth out there trouble is his truth <laughs> is out there because it's recognizable conspiracy yeah yeah hogwash it's the same old stuff so it is out there that his truth is out the truth oh he's not saying anything unique it's absolutely generic conspiracy shit exactly because you can guarantee an audience that will in turn protect you yeah and 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 agree with with him that yeah oh yeah they're out to get you russ rather than seeing the writing on the wall like he has probably which is shit they're gonna get me so i've got to mount a defense yeah Yeah, like you say you've got to inhabit this space so that i can point people away from my crimes and and when they say well yeah but why are all these people talking about this stuff is it not to do with your astonishing promiscuity in the (laughs) early 2000s or the late 90s it's nothing to do with that no no it's all to do with the stuff that I've recently got hold of because he's only just jumped on that bandwagon recently. He, yeah. There was a time he was talking with sensible people like Jeremy Paxman I mean, about voting or not yeah, voting. Yeah, but even then it was about it was about not voting, wasn't it? He was yeah. he was pushing the don't listen to what they want you to do mm. narrative. I think he swiftly changed his mind when Brexit happened. And he said, oh, yeah, fuck, you should have voted. Did he? Did he? Was he on that? Yeah, was he? yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, and, um, yeah, it has been more recent, the, the slide into yeah. madness. But I have absolutely yeah. no evidence in favour of this is why he's moved in that direction. It's <laughs> a it's a thing I heard. I don't know. It's it's very, I would say, probably more likely that he is just someone who has moved in that direction because there's money in it. Yeah, absolutely, and, yes. And this yes. is coincidental. Yes, and the and the truth is that the the mainstream media YouTube has stopped monetizing his output as a result of the Me yeah, Too absolutely. stuff. Yeah. So is he going to turn on them? Is he going to say that's down to the mainstream oh, media? Are they a mainstream media? Yeah. Is YouTube? Oh, they're yeah. the establishment, aren't they? Yeah, 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 definitely. He's going to start moaning about being cancelled and yeah, yeah, and gagged absolutely on all of his. He'll platforms. he'll show up on Rumble or uh, some other platform that won't cancel you if he isn't yeah. already there he probably already yeah. is true social yeah. must be on there yeah so our next hey. example comes yep. from a film that is so bad it could have fitted into last episode's collection <laughs> of really yeah. bad films this it's called the minute you wake up dead nice it's a kind of southern thriller right about some murders in a laughably small southern town that are all very very clearly connected to this one woman and the and the local sheriff is investigating her. You know what all four have in common? You. What are you saying? Obviously, there's your daddy. Russ Potter was was your neighbor. You worked with Lucius McFalls. And Sheriff Fowler, he was investigating your daddy's killing at the same time as his murder. 
Don't they strike you odd? Kane, your mind is perverted. I'm not going to sit here and take these slanderous attacks on my character. Yeah, no <laughs> attempt to offer evidence refuting any of the things he's kind no, of implying, no. at least. Just, no, I, I refuse to sit here and be talked to. Uh, yeah, you're slandering my good name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good way to get out of a conversation where you're being accused of something or something yep. is saying being said that you're not happy about. You just go, ah, oh, we'll not sit here and listen to this. <laughs> That's right. yeah. Why are you uh, saying these things? How dare you, sir? It's just slander. <laughs> yeah. And finally, we have a clip from Everybody Loves Raymond. This is mm-hmm. an episode where Robert has recently been gored in the arse by a bull for some reason. Didn't see right. that episode. Was, Don't wasn't know why. running with the bulls in Pamplona or, or I anything. think so. Right. Okay. And has since been even more of a dick to people than usual, <laughs> and mostly his family. Right. right. And is kind of essentially using it as an excuse for being dick-ish. Right. <laughs> and Deborah calls him out on it. You know what I think? I think you love that bull. I think you are so happy he found you because he's a two-ton excuse for your life. That's right. You were a victim before that bull. You've been a victim your whole life because there's nothing easier than playing the victim, is there, Robert? Why are you picking on me? <laughs> That's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> Perfect bit of writing, is it? Because <laughs> it's a whole tirade of, yeah, all of that's uh-huh. true. How are you going to count on that? <laughs> you just go, you just say, you, you've been a victim your whole life, haven't you? Why are you picking on me? That's uh-huh. brilliant. That's perfect. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. Yeah, look, I can see it now. I've been made to be the scapegoat here, the laughingstock, the fool, deliberately confused by opaque, impenetrable pseudo-Trumpism so that I'm distracting from helping people see the real truth of what's going on. I'm being gagged mentally and metaphorically to prevent me from revealing how everything is read and not in my favour. And life as we know it would end if that should happen and they know it and that's why. I think, if anything, I'm the underdog because, I mean, you've won, like, I think four in a row now. So, really, I th- I, I am beginning <laughs> to suspect some nefarious means that I am struggling to fight against in order to, to beat you. Why, and why is that happening, then? Because I'm too powerful as the, as the <laughs> person in charge of this game. That's the yeah. problem. People are trying yes. to take away my control. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. These quotes yeah. are from Trump's recent rally in South Carolina, mm-hmm. where he did all his usual shit and went on a very weird tangent about whales. Like, not the well, country, well, the, con- oh, the, okay. the, the yeah. animals. Right, yep. So, he started by saying, The Biden administration is right now trying to bludgeon the boating and maritime industry. We were just discussing it with a lot of boat companies back there that create a lot of jobs and are having a hard time with a boat speed limit of less than 11 miles an hour. About 10 miles an hour. In other words, like a slow golf cart. It's like a, think of it, along the entire eastern part of our country. This is supposedly in the name of preventing whale strikes. But you have a better Mm. chance of being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. 
bludgeon the boating and maritime. That's lovely. He quite enjoyed that, hasn't he? Bludgeon the boating. Yeah. Speed limit less than, less than 11 miles an hour. That's about 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. He continued, there has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. <laughs> Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up on shore. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't, you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. The windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving, they're driving the whales, I think, a little batty. Yeah, you can't go mixing up your mammals, the batty and whales. The windmills are driving the whales batty. Oh, that's got, there's a T-shirt right there. That's. What? Okay. He didn't stop yep. there. He kept going. Yeah. He said, so what happens is you get the whales washing up. They call it beaching. They beach. And it's the sound from the windmills that's doing it because whales are, they can hear things you can't hear. It's like sonar. Have you heard of sonar? The whales go off course looking for the sound, where the sound is coming from, and they get stuck and then they die. And all the people who are supposed to care about the whales, they won't do anything about it. Instead, they blame boats and people with boats, and they want to shut you down. Okay. <laughs> it's like sonar. Have you heard of sonar? Mm. Okay. Well, I started thinking that number one was fake because of the 11.10 bit, but then I'm beginning to think that the... So, and then he's got like he's got caught in his own Trumpism where he said, Nobody does anything about it. They're washing up on the shore. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. So, suddenly he's got to prove that he saw three whales coming up on the thing. The windows are driving the whale. But I so want him to say that. So, I think that I'm going to. Okay. They beach. They call it beaching, they beach. Almost too close to a Barbie gag, that. It's the sound of the windmills. And it's like sonar. Have you heard of sonar? Oh, no. Okay, so in that, on that basis, I think I'm going to go with number three is the one that you made up. Okay. And of the other two, which are you more convinced by? Uh, weirdly, <laughs> weirdly... The windmills are driving the whales batty, number two. <laughs> you think number two is real? Yeah. And number two? Yeah. It's real. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up a show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't. You wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. The windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving, they're driving the whales, I think, a little batty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said it much better than I thought he would. Wow. Wow. That he did do the, the whole thing when he just kind of went, okay, I'm just going to lie about how many whales I saw. And then I think he realized, shit. <laughs> yeah, that, they're big. So if I saw three of them <laughs> washing up this weekend, I think that might be, you know, that's not plausible deniability. 
that's implausible deniability. Wow. Oh, my God. So, you also the think hell? number one was real? Yeah. And number one? Yeah. Is real. The Biden administration is right now trying to bludgeon the boating and maritime industry. We were just discussing it with a lot of boat companies back there that create a lot of jobs and having a hard time. With a boat speed limit of less than 11 miles an hour, about 10 miles an hour. In other words, <laughs> like a slow golf cart. It's like a, think of it, along the entire eastern part of our country. This is supposedly in the name of preventing whale strikes. But you have a better chance of being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. It's like when he talks about a whole bunch of water or something. What was uh -huh. that one that, yeah. Big, big got, water, it, ocean big water. Big water, ocean water. <laughs> it's like, he's got, okay, it's not difficult, Donald, just like you're talking about boats. So, <laughs> that's about 10. Think about it. So, along the entire eastern Part of the country, coast, coast, eastern yeah, the coast, seaboard. The coast, yeah. Eastern seaboard is the word you're looking for. <laughs> you're talking about boats. You're talking about the eastern part. What, New York? What, you know, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. It's like a slow golf cart. Bloody hell, 10 miles an hour. So when he says less than 11 miles an hour, about 10 yeah. miles an hour, it's because it's 10 knots, because they do that when you're on water, yeah. which is mm -hmm. about 11 miles an hour. So he's mm -hmm. kind of getting a bit confused i think between those two what the fuck is he talking about <laughs> so the noaa fisheries department yep. the national oceanic and atmospheric administration july of 2022 recommended changing the uh, speed regulations well 10 knots is already the speed limit in these certain areas for boats right. of above 65 feet in length they recommended expanding right. that to boats also between 35 and 65 feet. So basically right. making more boats have to stick to that speed limit. Yeah. And yeah. the reason for that is specifically to help the whale population. Mm -hmm. And even more specifically, North Atlantic right whales, who okay. are uh, a very endangered species. There are yeah. less than 350 left in the wild, less than 70 reproductively active females. Wow. So yeah. they're endangered and stuff should be done to help them. One of the things that tends to kill them is being hit mm -hmm. by boats. In fact, the research suggests that 40% of the, the dead whales that they have been able to recover that have either ended up stranded on beaches or can be recovered yeah. were killed by either strikes from boats or getting tangled up in fishing equipment. Mm -hmm. In the last 10 years, they estimate that 10% of the entire right whale population has been killed by boat strikes. Wow. So this is Run. the thing that they, yeah. they say, you know, we're running out of whales. We should take yeah. it a bit more seriously. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. It's already the speed limit for most boats. It's yeah. just going to be the speed limit for, for more boats for more as boats. well. They, it's yeah. only a proposal. It's only recently got a hearing mm -hmm. about whether it should be turned into an actual law, um, but it hasn't yet. Yeah. But obviously, Trump is against all kind of regulation. Anything that regulates things especially if it's for wildlife or anything like that yeah oh yeah but he's also in he's all for being the person that rescues the country from having things taken away from them. yeah yeah 
like the ability to go the more ability than to go fast enough to boat. kill a whale yeah <laughs> in the whale area the delicious uh, homophones that are going on is because <laughs> there's now a speed limit in Wales, yes, yes, in the UK, which is limited to twenty miles an hour, uh-huh. and, and well, that's on the road, and it's nothing to do with saving giant mammals. No, yeah. and it, it's just to do with, and it's in built-up areas in order to. Wales is quite small and wiggly yeah. when it comes to towns, and it's to to cut um, the amount of road deaths because yeah. mainly, you know, a good percentage of road deaths are in towns people being hit by cars yeah so if you're if you're going slower and you hit someone and you're going a bit slower than you would have been going they're going to be injured less and be a lot less dead for a lot longer which is exactly the situation with whales yeah at 10 knots they are 50 percent chance of dying if they're hit by a boat yeah at 20 knots which is the current speed limit for those smaller boats they're basically gonna die yeah so yeah, that's the point. It still won't save all the whales. It'll just make you yeah. half as likely to kill them if yeah. you hit them. Yeah. And yeah. as for how likely it is that you're going to hit them, Trump suggested that you're you're more likely to be struck by lightning than you yeah. are to hit a whale in your boat. Yeah. That's a testable claim. <laughs> yeah. Across the world, around 2,000 people a year are struck by lightning. Wow. Around 20,000 whales are killed by boat strikes per year around the world. So you're literally you a tenth yep. as likely to be struck by lightning as you are to yep. hit a, a whale in yep. your boat. Well, that's that's not like Trump to say the exact opposite of what's no, true. It's weird, isn't it? So what's the thing about the windmills? The wind, it's mad. It's a, a it's a Is weird it conspiracy thing that the anti windmill like people say. Right. Yes. He's picked up on it. There's no evidence for it whatsoever. All of the experts say no. It's obviously not the windmills. That's mad. I mean, I in the third paragraph the third statement i did attempt to construct some reasoning (laughs) about it being the wind and the like low frequency harm or something like that yeah yeah, i made that up it's completely there isn't they they haven't even come up bothered to come up with a reason for it (laughs) um (laughs) so experts basically marine experts whale experts say this is bullshit it's nothing to do with the the wind farms rob deville from the Zoological Society of London's Cetacean Strandings Investigation Program, mm. which is a fucking brilliant name for a program. CSI. Yeah, yeah. Cetacean Stranding Investigation. Yeah. Uh, that's been a deliberate <laughs> choice of letters there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, where yeah. do you work? I work for CSI. I work for yeah. CSI, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. he said, to talk about wind farms being a problem takes away discussion around the very real threats that are a problem for those species. Exactly. That's exactly, yes, there you go. That's exactly this fallacy, Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It distracts me. Oh, yeah, well, it's all the bloody wind farms. If you want to, you've too good of fucking green people <laughs> killing all the whales. They're killing all the things. They're supposed, they're supposed to be whale huggers, and they're killing them with their free electricity yeah. generating. <sighs> so... That means you've won yet hey. again. I don't know what's going on. This is it's definitely it's getting suspicious because I don't think you've ever had a run like this. This is no unprecedented. I'm, I'm not going to jinx it by saying how long is it? But how, how long is it? How many? Uh, I'd, I'd have many. to go back and several. check, but it's yeah, at least several. Yes, yeah, that's a minimum. It's almost, it's almost a crowd, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So wow. We, we have had some entrance on our Facebook page and mm-hmm. on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, patreon.com slash ftrump uh, if you fancy joining in 
Anders says, I'll go first with first, number one. Right. Invisible Unicorn agrees, says Bludgeon may be outside his vocab. Nice, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I can see what they did that. Yes, yeah. Nobody's troubled by the 11 miles an hour, 10 miles an hour. Well, that actually, was the, the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> On Facebook, yeah. Scott said, I think number one is made up. It contains rudimentary math beyond Donald's abilities. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. 10 nice. is less than 11, Very yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it doesn't yeah. mention the windmills. We know he hates windmills, even though it's actually wind turbines. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back on Patreon, Stephen Bickle says, I'm going to guess number two. I kind of hope it's true because it's so dumb, but something about it seems too Trumpian. And yeah. Colleen know what you mean. agreed with you. So ah, I'm going with three. three. Yeah, because. He's been using big words lately. Guess Melania got him a word of the day calendar, and he totally compare any vehicle to a golf cart. <laughs> 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 and I think if he said three, he would have called it bleaching and then referenced the Jaina virus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, yeah. When I was writing number three, I did think, if I put they beach, are you going to yeah. think that's too Barbie? And, but and I, couldn't exactly put it. I couldn't not put it. I couldn't not say they beach. Could I? No. The whole sonar thing. And just like sonar, have you heard of sonar? <laughs> that, was, that was quite good. Yeah. Things you can, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is one of his things that in his ignorance he would say, <laughs> but it's also quite a good gag. Well, yay. So I'm up to 60 out of 123. Yeah, you're getting closer oh, right. to 50%. Three more episodes you could do it in. If you get the next Ooh. three right, you'd be 63 out of Ooh. 126. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Something to aim for. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, the world will end and the truth will be told. <laughs> So it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called Partial Summary Judgments Are Not a Logical Fallacy. Oh, this is so because. good. Because. Yeah. <laughs> 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 may remember that a while ago, Letitia James in New York requested yep. a partial summary judgment in her case there against Trump, which is the civil fraud case mm. um, where he and his adult children and the Trump organization as a whole repeatedly... Yep inflated the value of their properties on their financial statements when yep. looking for bank loans and yeah. and said different numbers when they were paying taxes on those much, properties. Much smaller numbers. Yeah. Much, much smaller numbers, yes. Yeah. That's not allowed. That's very naughty. Not weirdly, yeah, yeah. And two, three weeks ago, Letitia James went to the court and said, look, there's a mountain of evidence that we've provided mm-hmm. you with it's documentary evidence. There's not like anything they can argue against it. You can ask them, you know, ask them for their take on it. But yeah. look, look at the numbers. Yeah, we why think, did you do this? We think yeah. we don't need to wait until we actually kind of get to the trial stage before you make a ruling yeah. on whether they've committed the fraud that they've very, very yeah. clearly committed. Yeah, this fraudulent <laughs> behaviour. And so the judge mm-hmm. has agreed, uh-huh. at least in part. With her request and made a partial summary judgment for Letitia James for that civil fraud finding against Trump and the Trump organization and Donald Julia and Eric. Wow. Which means that when the trial starts, which is next week, Mm -hmm. that will be about finding the detail and and about essentially working out what the the fines will be and all of that kind of stuff that, that will essentially result from that. But he's already found that they definitely committed fraud. Again, it's yeah. a civil case. Yeah. They haven't been convicted of anything, but yeah. they have been found liable for various fraudulent transactions. 
and yeah. and paperwork and, and all of that kind of stuff. Because the thing is that we know that this has been a thing that happened in the Trump organisation because we've been reading Mary Trump's book <laughs> and this is exactly what Fred Trump would do and and Donald Absolutely, yeah. in the 70s and 80s. That's yeah. how they got the money together for bloody Trump Tower. Yeah. And that's... And that's how they got the money together for loans for the higher hotel rebuild against the value of other things. And then when they went to sell it off, madly undervalued it. And, and the whole of Fred Trump's legacy, they did these amazing things where they got people to value it as nothing at all. And then in one of Trump's defense in this case was to say, yeah, they are worth that much because people bought them for lots of money. I said, well, yeah, but you valued them really <laughs> low in order to avoid the tax. And then to say, yes, but they are worth a lot more because we sold them. Well, yeah, then you are committing fraud. <laughs> that's just, that's what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, he had a, a few arguments, if you want to kind of, I'm, going, I'm being yeah. quite loose with the argument yeah. thing. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, when Letitia James put forward her summary judgment request for this ruling, essentially, the Trump lawyers put forward a request as well. They they asked for a summary judgment to throw out the case, obviously, because oh, right. yeah, on course. the basis that there was no evidence that the public was harmed by any of the stuff they did, which is not right. The question. It's a victim, that victimless was, yeah, crime. Yeah, victimless crime. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And since it's this ruling has come forward, they've said things like, "We didn't miss any payments to the banks." of the loans that they gave us. You know, everything was paid back, sometimes early. Uh, the banks were very happy. No yeah. one complained. It's like, what? Well, that's not... You didn't take matter. their, their yeah. food either. That's not a yeah. thing that's being claimed. <laughs> yeah, we didn't We didn't punch them. The, they didn't deflate the tyres, yeah. poke them in the eye. The thing that's being that. claimed is you lied about how much your stuff was worth. Yeah, in order to get lots of money. In, in both directions. Yes, and it's like the opposite of victim. It's kind of sainthood yeah. rather than victimhood. Saying, yeah, but we were really nice to them. We gave them the, that we ironed all the banknotes that we paid, <laughs> paid them back. Uh-huh. You know, we took we took them chocolates. We knocked also, on the door. Also, it's not them, a victimless Sir. crime in any way because no. in, in <laughs> paying a lot less tax, that takes money exactly. out of the treasury essentially. Yep. Yep. That gives less money to the government and therefore less public services to the populace. Mm-hmm. So there are literally yep. millions of victims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <sighs> yeah. So Judge Engeren wrote multiple things in his ruling. He was not having any of this shit. <laughs> Yeah, he said yeah. Uh, in the defendant's world rent regulated apartments are worth the same as unregulated apartments restricted land is worth the same as unrestricted land restrictions can evaporate into thin air a disclaimer by one party casting responsibility on another party exonerates the other party's lies that is a fantasy world <laughs> not the real world <laughs> excellent yeah another one of wow. Trump's defences in inverted commas yeah. was that on the front page of the documents that they gave to the bank saying here's how much all our stuff is worth mm-hmm. there's a disclaimer that basically means you can't take any of this seriously it's all bullshit so they shouldn't what? have trusted me <laughs> uh, so so even though it said oh this is what it's all worth what and that's a defense yeah. that's their defense he says so in, in defending the crime 
He's he's admitting to the crime. He's admitted various other crimes in trying to defend against it. Because one of the things he said is when they have said, your stuff isn't worth nearly as much as you claimed when you went for loans, he has come out and said, I had far more money than was in my financial statements. I'm like, no, that's a crime too. Your financial (laughs) statements are supposed to accurately represent your finances. Yeah, because otherwise, that's you, when you send those books to the tax uh-huh. man, you're going to pay less tax than you... What? Yeah. But the the disclaimer Excellent. thing... Excellent. There is a disclaimer on the, on the front page, which essentially mm-hmm. is saying, you know, this shouldn't be taken as gospel. It is the responsibility of the lender to make sure that this is accurate. So, which is a standard thing. Right. It's like, you know, the, the, the lender has the ability to go out and do valuations on things that they yeah. are lending against. Yeah. That should, that's their right and it should be their responsibility to do that. Yeah. But where you're giving them a financial statement to rely on, that doesn't mean you can just lie on it yeah. and, and, <laughs> yeah. and rely on the yeah. fact that they probably won't check. Yeah, we know that. That was Trump Sr. That uh-huh. was Fred Trump's entire way of doing stuff, particularly with his own will. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it did exactly that. That we'll just put in this ridiculous number knowing that they're not gonna not gonna check. And then if even if they do check, it will go up a little bit, but nowhere near as much as it's worth. So we won't we'll have to pay hardly any tax at all. But here is the funnest thing about this. Yeah. Is that part of the result of this is not just that they'll certainly lose this part of the case when it eventually is in court in a week's time. Yeah. There are other charges that will be looked at at that point as well. But one of the things that Engeron has already said is that he will be removing the Trump's, the Trump family, the Trump organization's business licenses in New York. Wow. Essentially, they've committed so much fraud, they're yeah. not allowed to have a business in New York anymore, wow. which is where a lot of their business is. Yeah. Which means essentially, I mean, they'll appeal this. It's not going to happen straight away. It will go to higher courts. It'll, you know, stuff will happen. But if yeah. this ruling holds, the Trump organization, it will be dissolved. Yeah. Which is fucking huge because that's a big part of their business empire is, is Trump org in New York. Yeah. And it's many, many subsidiaries. One of the most fun things about that (laughs) is that Trump's lawyers and his children's lawyers are now asking, well, hang on, because all of our houses in New York are owned for tax purposes by the Trump organization. Can we keep our houses? And the judge is like, "Eh, let's see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not deciding on that just yet but we'll see how the trial wow. goes yeah but also because the, the the lawyers must be thinking not only are they gonna not ever get paid because trump never pays the lawyers <laughs> if they fail but then they're gonna lose the roof over their head yeah because i mean they've got like 12 other houses they can go to but still <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but not in new york no yes. not in, no oh that's excellent because it's it's kind of odd to to even visualise what the Trump business is because it's just the business of being fraudulent. <laughs> As we know from the history of all the Trump development in the 80s that we've been reading about, it's just all of it is absolutely fraudulent, big business stuff. And I, I kind of worry that there will be a bit like UK politics 
there are high-powered vested interests in whose vested interest it would be for yeah. this stuff to go away and for the, it to be appealed successfully because it will it might reveal all sorts of other dodgy dealings that are going on. Yeah, and one of the things that has got probably the most traction in the media certainly has been the thing that the Trump family are shouting about the most is mm-hmm. the valuation of Mar-a-Lago, right. which they valued at various times different amounts yeah. at one point. And this is compared to a valuation by the Palm Beach County Assessor. So like the local government said it's worth somewhere, and this was a few years ago now, it's worth mm-hmm. somewhere between 18 and $27 million, which is quite a lot of money. Yeah. They valued it a bit higher than that. Mm-hmm. They inflated its value on one financial statement, according to the judge, by 2,300%. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that's not wow. a little bit off. No. <laughs> they didn't just kind of round up to 30 million. Yeah. But that's, that's a fucking huge number. <laughs> um, to, and, get a, to get a loan against it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Eric Trump tweeted... In an attempt to destroy my father and kick him out of New York, a judge just ruled that Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida is only worth approximate $18 million. Mar-a-Lago is speculated to be worth well over a billion dollars. Yeah, by Trump. By you? But yes, that's, that's right. Not it's by spec- anyone who's not- ever looked at it and has any ability to value properties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's it's just what, and it's just, it's a bit like when Trump says, "I've heard people say," or people yeah, have said, yeah. and they and then and then you go, "Yeah, it was you, it's, yeah, yeah." But it's I've seen it written. Yeah, yeah, yeah people yeah. are writing down what you said. That's so. Ah. Yeah, but but they're all kind of blaming this judge for right. saying it's worth eighteen million, and that proves that he's out to get them essentially because he's valued it as low as eighteen million. He's literally just quoting the official Palm Beach assessor's report. Yeah. So yeah. does he think that nobody notices <laughs> yes. this stuff? Right. <laughs> all right. Simple as that. That's it. Oh, okay. Wow. Aye, aye, aye. Well, let's just hope it all shuts down and blows up in their face. <laughs> Lovely. I also wanted to talk about QED, which, as you yeah. may remember, I went to this weekend. And before I do, because I'm basically uh-huh. mostly just going to be saying how awesome it was, right. I feel like right. just, just to be polite, I should ask, you know, how was your weekend? Yeah, yeah? patronise me. Good. Yeah, no, no, it was great. <laughs> it was good. It was a great weekend. The weekend was about celebrating our guitarists from the Outbursts who do our theme tune. It was a big birthday for him. So we went up up north. We played in what was an old theatre. It's called the Georgian Theatre. I don't know that it was a, a Georgian. It might be, might have been. No, probably more Victorian. But big old theatre filled with people. A uh, couple of bands played. We stormed the joint and, and someone t- took loads of photos. And somebody that many people we'd never met before had were friends of our guitarist Neil's when they were at school. So he grew up, grew up in the North East and then moved to London age 20 and they hadn't seen him since he was like 16 or whatever. So that was amazing. And they said, oh, my God, you guys are great. So mm-hmm. we said, yeah, that was brilliant. We only talked to the people that thought we were great. <laughs> so, yeah. But he was also 
a bit like one of those celebrations that we used to go to as kids and you'd run around and you'd see all like these jelly and ice cream was there yeah oh yeah <laughs> and uh and you for the kids and uh they'd all be running around and they were of they were probably of the opinion why is this place full of old people like <laughs> like we did when we were kids you'd run yeah. around and you'd go oh yeah we, yeah we'll have to go to uncle len's 140th birthday or or whatever. And you go, oh, do we have to? Because it would just be full of old people. And now we are the old people. <laughs> and we re- and I realised, oh, we feel exactly the same as we did when we were four insofar as, you know, going, oh, that's brilliant or this is good or that's, you know, is there is there any ice cream? <laughs> and the best thing was when we all came with we like, the last to leave and we were sat on a wall with Neil whilst we waited for his taxi to arrive and take him away. He said, I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to go home. Yeah, yes, brilliant. Which which felt very being a four-year-old. No, I don't want it to end. Just five more minutes, Mom. Yeah, five, oh, please, I don't want to go to bed. Why does it have to stop? Which is great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, well, very similar experience in that respect, at least, Yeah, to QED. As yeah. it was last time, just yeah. the whole weekend. It yeah. was all brilliant. And right. all the time you were like, oh, it's, it's the end of the first day. It's, there's only like one more big day left. Oh, and then, no. And then yeah, like, yeah, you, get, yeah. you get to the end and like, oh, but now I've got to go home and start yeah. my life again. Tell one into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was just great. Oh, excellent. Uh, so, yeah, started on Friday at Skeptic Camp, which yeah. is a day of talks from people just in the skeptical community, people who go along to QED for fun, but also think, yeah, I've got 10 minutes of interesting stuff I can talk about. Yeah. Um, and it was filled with great talks. One that was really interesting about real life crisis actors in the sense that there are people who put on makeup and act like they've been in an, in an accident or whatever to help train emergency responders. Yes, of course, of course they must exist. So they put yes. on, they, they stage giant incidents. Yeah. Like yeah. they have a section of motorway that they kind of create enormous crashes on so that the wow. paramedics can come and figure out, learn how to respond yeah. to it yeah. and how to yeah. respond to people who are like, yeah, my arm's broken or whatever, and they... And they they act as if that is has happened to them. Fascinating wow. stuff. Anyway, yeah. so there's there's loads of talks like that of, of just really interesting topics. Yeah. Um, so I made it for the second session of the day for that because Manchester's far away. I mean, left pretty early, right. but I'd have yeah. to have left like half five in the morning to have got there for, for everything. Yeah. I might have to do that next year because there we go. <laughs> and- Let's go the night before. <laughs> That yeah, there's that too. There's, you've got yeah, yeah, may, yeah. Might, might have to go Thursday night. <laughs> it's getting longer and longer because oh last time we, like, we came back yeah. on the Sunday and this time I was like, fuck that. I, I, fit, I missed Monday. out on stuff on the Sunday night. I'm, I, I came oh, back today. What? Welcome to the world of going to a festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah, I was yeah. driving back today listening to podcasts, as is my want in the car, Yeah, and I kept having to rewind my podcasts because yeah. I was busy, I was too busy thinking about how great the weekend was <laughs> to pay attention Yay. to what was being said oh, on the podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, oh, I yeah. missed a bit. <laughs> that's that's oh, brilliant. That's so good. Yeah, it's so, like it's Glastonbury for the mind. Uh-huh. That's where you've been. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. after the the Skeptic Camp talks that I watched, that then it was lunchtime, and I went and had a bit of lunch and went to the bar. Uh, fully intending to go back for the afternoon 
of yeah. Skepticamp and watch the, yeah, more, yeah, the, yeah. the other talks. Mm-hmm. And I noticed across the bar, Eli Bosnick from GAM and uh, Scathing Atheist, Skeptocrat, yeah. DD minus, citation needed, dear old dads. And, you know, all of the podcasts, all basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thought, well, last time I left it till the Sunday night, so, like to, to yeah, go yeah. and talk to, to people to that I really would like people. to go and talk to. Yeah engage with your heroes and it, yeah. yeah and when i did they were lovely and yeah. i felt oh i really should have done that earlier but i was still kind of nervous yeah. and, and so i thought i'm, I'm gonna do it so i, I kind of headed over to say hi and i saw that he was sitting with his wife anna who's also uh involved in in most of the shows mm-hmm. and is yeah. fucking awesome as well yeah 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 and i said you know don't want to bother you i just wanted to say hi and shake your hand whatever and he went you're not bothering me. Come, come, sit down. He moved his bag off a chair and was like, yeah. "Take this chair as yours now. Sit down." Right. Um, and they, <laughs> as it turns out, were chatting to Cara Santa Maria of Skeptics Guide to the Universe and Talk Nerdy. Right. So I sat there and just had a fucking chat with Eli right. and Anna and Cara for most of the afternoon. Fantastic. They were lovely, yeah. and I didn't want to go wow. and like leave that to hear what were probably amazing talks yeah, <laughs> as yeah, well yeah, yeah. so oh, i did well, that that was pretty fucking cool because the thing about other i suspect they are just as much fans of other podcasters yeah and just people just they want to you know they want to talk to yeah. listeners in the same way as we experienced that last time yeah yeah because yeah. the people that's the main thing i haven't even talked about the talks and all of the activities yet yeah yeah but the yeah. The, the whole weekend the best thing mm. about it even though it's filled with amazing talks and things, yeah. is the lovely, lovely, lovely people. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. so yeah. amazing and friendly and open and happy to talk and interesting. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of them were people I hadn't met before. There were some people that I'd met last year or I, I've seen yeah. kind of on kind of Zoom calls for Skeptics in the Pub and, and things like that. There were some of our lovely listeners including amber and hugh and nick and nick's amazing daughter scarlet who was very cool and igor and mike and serdar who are also both listeners on the sunday night which i previously would have missed dan and jordan from knowledge fight podcast who had done a live podcast recording and dan had done a talk on on the sunday morning they were just sat in the bar and the group i was sitting with were like we're big fans and and we were like, oh, there's Dan and Jordan. They're just sitting there by the. Should we go have a have let's a word with them? Let's go and have a talk. Let's go and have a talk. So yeah. we went over there. Spent most of the rest of Sunday evening just chatting with Dan and Jordan brilliant. from Knowledge Right, which is fucking brilliant as well. Uh, yeah, my Glastonbury for the mind um, analogy, I think it works because if you go to Glastonbury, there's you know nigh on a hundred thousand people there in a field in the southwest of England. And it's about the people that you meet. And yeah. there is a, you relish in the license to be able to just talk to people. It gives you the ability to just say hi and what you're up to and be interested in other people. And frankly, if the listeners that I met this weekend are representative of, our, of all our listeners... Yeah. We have the fucking loveliest listeners. <laughs> They're the best people. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I've got no reason to assume that they're not representative of them. Yeah. They probably well, yeah. are. We, I don't think we've got any MAGA people that are... I'm pretty sure we know, don't. No, not... If, if, like, if we do, you maybe, know, welcome to maybe the Maybe this is side. one of their first episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, yeah. they're like, oh, I'll just <laughs> give this a try. No, it's probably yeah. not for you, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, we might... We, this could be a Damascene conversion. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, just briefly, because the main thing is the people, the community. Yeah. That yeah, is the yeah. awesome thing. Yes, it is a community, um, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there were also amazing talks, like Lucy Cook, who's a TV presenter and mm-hmm. a biologist who was talking about female stereotypes within the world of biology and, oh, wow. and how females of many species are very different from how we think of them. There were workshops this year, which there weren't last year, um, ah. kind of interactive stuff about how to read a scientific paper, how to write sceptical articles. Uh, there was one with Professor Chris French on investigating the paranormal. That was fantastic. There were live podcast recordings from Incredulous and Skeptics with a K and Embrace the Void and Knowledge Fight and Talk Nerdy. Uh, it's just there's so much stuff. Wow. That the, the worst thing about it is it's too good. <laughs> because, honestly, when the schedule comes out of the things that are happening over the weekend, yeah. you look at it and go, well, this, I mean, on I need to be in four places at this time. This is not... that. Yeah, yeah. All those yeah. things are things I need to do. You need that um, thing from Harry Potter. Yeah, uh, the time turner. Yes, yeah. exactly. Where you can uh, uh, attend everything all at once. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes it was really difficult to choose. The quality is so high that it doesn't really matter what you choose. It's going to be awesome. But you yeah, still yeah, do yeah. have this weird fear of missing out of all of the other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was fantastic. And I very, very strongly recommend that if yes. you are in the slightest interested in that kind of thing, that you keep a lookout on qedcon.org for when they announce next year's dates and tickets which will be in a while this won't be won't be straight away they've got to relax a bit now yeah yeah <laughs> it's extremely awesome and i had a yeah. great amount of fun and now i'm sad that i'm not there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is the the <laughs> best endorsement of it and now you know what it's like the morning after you've played a gig <laughs> and finally some things we really don't have time to talk about. As everyone knows, the best thing to do if you want a good outcome in a court case is to piss off the judge. Judges <laughs> love to see a little chutzpah from the defendant and are always inclined to give the most annoying people the benefit of the doubt. So it is that Trump went into his federal election interference case with what appears to be a plan to be as disruptive, disrespectful and irritating as possible. So just being himself, really. He started off by calling pretty much everyone involved corrupt or deranged to the point where federal prosecutor Jack Smith requested that the judge order Trump to avoid making, quote, extrajudicial statements that present a serious and substantial danger of materially prejudicing the case. To which Trump responded, I'm campaigning for president against an incompetent person who has weaponized the DOJ and FBI to go after his political opponent and I'm not allowed to comment. (laughs) Then... Trump demanded that Judge Chukan recuse herself based on comments she had made during the sentencing phase of some January 6th defendants' trials. Those defendants claimed they should get a lighter sentence because it was all Trump's fault and he hadn't even been charged. In one case, she commented they, quote, were there in fealty, in loyalty to one man, not to the Constitution. It's a blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains free to this day. Trump basically said, that's me, she's talking about me, I'm the one they're blindly loyal to, and argued that she was clearly prejudiced against him. 
This obviously didn't work since the sentencing phase specifically requires the judge to give their opinion on issues raised by the defendants. It's not like she just started shouting that Trump should be in prison on her way into the courtroom. Anyway, Judge Chutkan rejected the recusal request, as everyone knew she would, but I'm actually going to give Trump and his lawyers a bit of credit here because I think the only reason they asked her to recuse is so that when Judge Eileen Cannon in Florida inevitably puts her thumb on the scales and people call for her to recuse, Trump can claim unfair double standards are at play. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, determined to turn the spotlight away from himself, Trump didn't attend the second Republican candidate debate, but rather went to Michigan to speak to a United Auto Workers campaign event. Not their campaign, of course. His. He spoke to people holding auto workers for Trump and union members for Trump signs at Drake Enterprises, a, a non-union factory. And when asked by one of the 400 to 500 attendees, Drake only employs 150, by the way, whether he supported the pay increase the workforce was striking for as a long-standing recognizer of unions. Well, no, not so much. A long-standing observer of how to work around that with his mob friends in the 80s. He warned that the current negotiations don't mean as much as you think and then blamed electric cars for all the problems they were facing, except they weren't. The auto worker sign holder, yeah, not an auto worker. Union members for Trump, not in a union. And Trump and his clackers had been invited to speak by Drake Management. Oh, and the day before, and 50 miles away, where workers were actually striking, the other guy, Joe Biden, had joined the picket line and responded that, yes, the union should get their 40% pay rise. After all, UAW, you saved the auto industry back in 2008 and before. You made a lot of sacrifices. You gave up a lot, and the companies were in trouble, and now they're doing incredibly well, and you should be doing incredibly well too. It should worry Trump that UAW President Sean Fain also added... We know the president will do right by the working class. Biden's got a little bit Corbyn all of a sudden. Quite like it. (laughs) The second GOP primary debate happened, so we're one step closer to it not mattering in any way because Trump will be the nominee even if he's in jail. Maybe some of the candidates on stage are hoping for a VP spot or a cabinet position if Trump were to win because they hate themselves and would like a job where they have to explain basic government to an idiot until they randomly get fired for not praising him enough like that kid in that Twilight Zone episode. Asa Hutchinson didn't meet the criteria for this debate, but nobody noticed he was missing, just like nobody noticed Pence was there. Everyone noticed Vivek Ramaswamy because he was almost as much of an annoying little shit as he was last time. He's basically the scrappy-do of GOP debates. (laughs) Nikki Haley told him at one point, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber from what you say. Chris Christie's big moment was a prepared bit he did to camera where he called Trump Donald Duck because he ducks the debates. He looked really proud of himself Uh after that. (laughs) Tim Scott told Ron DeSantis that slavery didn't have any redeeming qualities and DeSantis claimed that the stories about Florida's education teaching that were just a hoax perpetrated by Kamala Harris, despite it being exactly what the Florida education system teaches. And finally, DeSantis did a thing with his face which looked like he once read a book describing a human smile and thought he'd try it out, but the book was kind of woke, so he stopped reading halfway through and burned it, so he never found out how smiles actually work. (laughs) Not one to worry about stupid stuff like officialness and no one's above the law when it comes to wielding a sharpie. After all, Hurricane Dorian was definitely headed inland. Just look at my drawing, uh, the the uh, NOAA map. 
former Trump assistant Molly Michael, a.k.a. Trump employee number two in the indictment concerning stealing and hiding highly classified government documents, revealed to federal investigators that during the time she worked for him between 2018 and 2022, Trump repeatedly sent her directives handwritten on note cards that contained classified (laughs) markings. Now, these are not those notepads that look like $5 bills you get in the tourist stores. No. You see, he just wasn't content to cavalierly show people the contents of the folders he said he didn't have. He also just scribbled to-do lists on the stacks of paper to hand, not caring one jot that, ah, I've just thought of something I need Molly to buy me. Let me write that down whilst I'm on the john. Oh, that'll do. And it's a fucking classified folder, idiot. Literally bringing the receipts. (laughs) Weirdly, the Trump campaign can't quite decide whether Trump bought a gun during his trip to South Carolina. That doesn't seem like the kind of thing you'd be unclear on. Either he did or he didn't. Certainly they seemed to think he did at first, with Trump spokesman Stephen Chung posting a video of Trump in a gun shop, holding a Glock with his own face engraved in the handle. In the video, Trump says, I want to buy one. And Chung confirmed it with the caption, President Trump buys a Glock in South Carolina. Reporter Brian Glenn of Right Side Broadcasting Network seemed pretty sure too when he said... I was behind him when he said it and I said, well, I think he said he wants to buy that gun so we can confirm that President yeah, Trump... Uh, I got a picture got the, for you. He got that gun today. Strangely, a little later on, Stephen Chung deleted his tweet and told CNN that Trump did not in fact buy the gun. Brian Glenn went even further, calling anyone who claimed Trump did buy a gun fake press in a tweet which read, For the record, President Trump did not buy a firearm. I was there. Move along, fake press. It's not clear if he's including himself in that. So why the change? Who knows? It could be anything. For example, it could be the fact that as soon as the news he had bought the gun started being reported, people started pointing out that it's a felony for someone to buy or receive a gun if they're currently under felony indictment, which, little known fact, Trump is. The gun store backs up the story that Trump didn't buy the gun, which is probably unconnected to the fact that they would also be facing charges had they sold him one. (laughs) Lawrence Fox, the only one from the venerable acting Fox family who actually can't and has therefore jumped on the insult people with my outrageously genuine and not ghost-written shocking opinions for money once a week bandwagon, was sacked from GB News this week for being a cunt. Imagine a deflated and stretched on a rack, upper-class, privately educated, Dickensian, wretched, emaciated Alec Jones. No, not re-smog, close but no top hat, and you'd be about there. He mouths some juvenile tirade as if he was God's gift to women and the only reason that fairer sex exists. Kind of throwback to late 90s, early 2000s Russell Brand, but without the self-destructive addictions. His tirade was aimed at women journalist Ava Evans and dismissed her opinions voice on his show based on his own opinion of how she looked. Moya Lothian McLean, a contributing editor at Navarra Media, and another GB News contributor, Connor Tomlinson, were then invited to appear on Sky News to discuss how exhausting it was that sexist, discriminatory behaviour and language was still being broadcast this far into the 21st century. Predictably, GB News's Connor retorted, I'm sorry you're so exhausted to be paid to go on air, at which point Moya realised that the man who was arguing society isn't structurally unequal for women was getting paid to appear in a debate about misogyny, and she wasn't. She later tweeted, have confirmed my opposite on Sky, was offered money to ask me stupid questions, so I've asked for the same fee, and will be donating it to Beyond Equality, who run educational programmes educating young men on rejecting patriarchal culture in favour of positive masculinity. 
let's hope GB News and Sky News both get forced to fucking attend. The GOP kicked off their impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden today and shockingly it didn't go well for them. All their own witnesses said there isn't enough evidence at this stage to impeach Biden, which, to be fair, is what you would expect at the beginning of inquiry. But there is significant difference between not enough evidence and no evidence whatsoever of any wrongdoing, which is what they have. Some members of their own party were somehow expecting more from the proceeding, which suggests they thought House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer might have been telling the truth when he claimed he had, quote, uncovered a mountain of evidence revealing how Joe Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain, but that he was just being shy about revealing that evidence every time he was in front of a camera for the past three months. Spoiler, we didn't get to see it today either. One senior GOP staffer told CNN, You want witnesses that make your case. Picking witnesses that refute House Republicans' arguments for impeachment is mind-blowing. This is an unmitigated disaster. He's got a point. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, when he claimed that he'd uncovered a mountain of evidence revealing how he'd abused his public office for family's financial gain, everyone went, No, that's Trump! (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, no... This week in British politics, Rishi Sunak saved us all from the implementation of outrageous green-based policies that he just made up in order to say that only he could stop them becoming law. Seven recycling bins, a meat tax, pesky bloody wind farms combating the cost of living crisis by driving down energy prices to almost zero. What better than to open up new oil fields and ensure major party donors from the oil and gas industries continue to majorly donate? Even the car industry, who had been busily gearing up for petrol and diesel cars to be phased out by 2025, said he was crazy when he told them that deadline would no longer apply. Even the former chair of the Tory party's own climate commission had reported that the Tory policies that said they would meet net zero by 2050 demonstrated the exact opposite. So to hear Rishi say these spectacularly non-net zero things was even more contrary to the announced policies, which in themselves anyway would not achieve net zero. Does Rishi think that, A, we haven't read 1984 and its mention of doublespeak, and two, that we are aware of the physical impossibility of some of Isha's drawings of staircases? Meanwhile, snarling, slavering, wannabe right-wing pin-up next Tory leader Suella Braverman told a gathering in the US that she's going to tell the UN that they need to change the global rules regarding asylum seekers and refugees because she can't get the changes she wants to bring in brought in in the UK. Because the International Agreement on Human Rights held sacred by the UN says the opposite of what she wants, and it's not fair. Just more Boris Johnson style. If I can't win, I'm taking my ball in. Bullshit. The UN will do nothing to accommodate Braverman or the UK, both increasingly insignificant players on the world stage, and nor will the US. I know that, because when the cameras pulled back from the podium, it revealed only eight people in the room, six of whom were sure they'd gone into the wrong seminar and accountancy conference. The 7th and 8th were actually former Home Secretaries, Theresa May and Priti Patel, shaking their heads and saying, Will we never learn? So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get the podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our straw man level patrons, Laura Tomczyk, 
Renee Zedschmutz, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan, who told us when we met her at QED we could just call her Amber, though another listener recognised her at QED this year because we keep using her full name all the time. And our true Scotsman-level patrons, Melissa Sytek, Stephen Bickle, Janet Uetta, Kaz Tui, Andrew Houck, and our top patron, Lauren. Thank you so much for your continued support. It's very, very much appreciated. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by the outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>